Hey everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun Podcast. My name is Luke Armstrong and I am your host. Joining me today is Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going? Thanks so much for uh, taking the hosting chair last week while I was busy, as you put it, <laughs> frozen up here in Canada. It was like <laughs> minus, oh my gosh, it was like minus, four, it was like minus 50 with the wind chill, which was was pretty it's crazy. Nice. So um <laughs> No, I was busy last week, so you stepped in. So how how did that go for you guys? I, I listened to the episode; sounded pretty good. It went really well. Um, I, I told you guys I was I was a little nervous because it was my, only my second time hosting, but I think it turned out pretty good. Um, yeah, it was it was good. Yeah. Um, Gary and I had some some good conversation, and and I actually wanted to had kind of a funny little anecdote. I actually wanted to bring up last time uh, whenever I was saying that you were frozen up in Canada. <laughs> um, so. Last week, a couple of days before the, I, I won't take up too much time with this story, but go, go uh, by all means. <laughs> last week, uh, before the show, knowing that I was going to be doing the hosting, not that it, I don't think it made that much of a difference, but so I had a dream. Uh, so, so listeners from America or are familiar with the NFL, I had a dream that uh, the Ravens were playing in uh, in the playoffs, like they were in real life, and. <laughs> Uh, they're my favorite team, and I dreamt that they lost by a very large margin. Now, yeah. they didn't lose to the Titans like they did in real life. They lost to the Cleveland Browns oh, okay. by a large margin. Yeah. Um, so un- uh, it was unpleasant, but I'm like, okay, that's not going to happen in real life. They're going to they're gonna win the game. It's going to be fine. Um, well, they ended up losing pretty pretty handily by the, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And so my dream partially came to came, came reality, which I was kind of bummed about, but... Uh, the night after that, I had another dream that, <laughs> so again, knowing that I was going to be hosting the show, I had a dream that I found out that the reason, Luke, why you weren't on the show was because you were like secret, secret squirrel, like getting uh, selected by, by the kind of funny team to work on their show, <laughs> specifically by wow. Blessing, who, as we know, just recently yeah. joined the team. Uh, <laughs> Man. So... If that was true, I would totally be okay with that. <laughs> that would be incredible. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, so the Ravens thing came true. I'm like, even if it was only half true, I'm like, maybe if it's not kind of funny, maybe he's getting, <laughs> he's out uh, interviewing with someone else. He's yeah. going to leave me and Garrett. Exactly. To... <laughs> it's it's your guys' show now. Yeah. No, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. I actually, speaking of dreams, I, I have something for the Smash Brothers. Uh, when we get to that, we're, when we talk about the Smash Brothers uh, fighter DLC that was announced, which is what we're going to be talking about this week, I had a dream because um, I was going to bed excited. I'm like, yeah, I was going to get up, ended up sleeping in, and I had a dream of, uh, I'll just say it now, I was playing, I've been playing Jack and Daxter on the PS4, and I thought Jack and, I, in my dream, they were announcing that Jack and Daxter was added to Smash Brothers, and I... Oh, wow was like, whoa, that's really weird. Like, Jack and Daxter, that's like PS2 era. And that's like a Sony property. Like, what is going on? This is really weird, but really cool. And then I woke up and uh, pulled up my phone because I I slept in. I didn't watch it. And, yeah, it's the truth of what actually happened was was quite disappointing, which we'll get into. But um, that's hilarious. I like that story. (laughs) um so yeah garrett is not uh with us this week he's a little under the weather so uh, he's resting up so that he can get better so it's just going to be me and adam today and it's going to be a pretty relaxed show there's not too much major news 
from the past week. Um, well, there is major news, but at this point, most of you are already aware. Uh, the biggest news was the Smash Brothers DLC uh, Final Fighter for the Fighter Pack was announced uh, during a direct last week. So we'll talk about that, the character, and all the controversy surrounding that because uh, there is quite a bit of controversy around that character. So we'll give our thoughts around that. And then afterwards, we're going to talk about some game delays. Because again, as most of you probably know, there was a bunch of games, big AAA games that were delayed, including you know Final Fantasy, Cyberpunk, Avengers, and Iron Man VR. So we're going to talk about that, what we think of those delays, and maybe give some predictions of whether we think any other games that are slotted for release dates here in 2020 are going to get moved as well so that's what the episode looks like this week very very relaxed uh, before we get into talking about all that stuff a little bit of housekeeping for you guys um, the podcast airs every Tuesday on all major podcasts uh, each week Adam myself and Garrett discuss the biggest topics in the video game industry and share opinions on recent game releases and what games we've been playing uh, the show is available on all major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just search for Games Are Fun and you should be able to find it. Um, we have a bunch of new listeners checking out the show uh, that have jumped on the last couple episodes. We've been able to look at the numbers and we see that we've we've been able to get an increase. So thank you guys to everyone who who are new listeners or even if this is your first episode um welcome i hope you enjoy yourself and hopefully uh you come back next week and the week after that if you really enjoy the show make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to it on so that you can make sure you get all the new episodes as they drop if you're listening on apple podcasts and uh you want to further your support just maybe leave us a, a review on apple Podcasts. that really helps you know grow the show and make more people see it and help build our audience and everything like that so everyone who's already done that thank you so much it really helps out the show um doo -doo -doo. and then we have a giveaway right now going on our twitter page and it's for a copy of nba 2k20 for xbox one so um, we're gonna have links into the show notes for that uh, for our twitter page you can head over there it's the pinned tweet has all the information on how to enter but basically you need to follow us on twitter at games are fun pod uh, you need to retweet the giveaway tweet and then thirdly you need to comment your favorite nba team um, so all of this is kind of based on the fact that if we can reach 300 twitter followers by january 31st um, so as of recording this it's january 19th and we're sitting at i think 90 followers or something like that so we have a little bit ways to go um, I'm not going to lower that number. I still want to reach 300 for it to happen, but you know, if we're really close to 300 and we're just, you know, handful of people away, I, I will, we'll probably go ahead and still do the giveaway. Cause it's not, I don't want those people who entered and took the time to do all that, to miss that opportunity and everything like that. So we'll still go ahead, but we're really trying to reach that goal for it to happen. Uh, if we're still sitting at 80 followers by the 30th we might have to extend the giveaway or something like that but yeah this is just a, a thing to help us kind of grow on twitter you might notice the last couple weeks we've been really trying to become more engaged on twitter interact with you guys on there more and i think it's really been helping um i think you would agree adam that we've had more interactions from people um mm -hmm. writing in on question of the week and stuff like that so yeah definitely and i i do want to point out too you know if anyone is maybe 
looking at this and being like, oh, well, I'm not into basketball or sports games or, or anything like that. Um, still, still, you know, give us a follow because this could be just the first of many giveaways that we do. And maybe down Absolutely. the road, um, there might be something that you're more interested in uh, to, you know, applying for the giveaway. So, you know, help us help us grow the show. And, and you know, there might be something in the future that, that piques your interest. Absolutely. Yeah, this um, giveaway thing is something that we've all talked about me, Garrett and Adam of something that we want to do on a regular basis. Um, so, you know, this is the first one, but if you, you stick around and give us a follow, there'll just be more opportunities for more games down the road and other giveaways that we might do and stuff. So yeah. And it's also the easiest way. Twitter's like hands down the best way to kind of keep up to date on what's going on with the show and everything. Cause it's sometimes hard like Facebook. I feel like Facebook is some people use Facebook a lot, but I feel like Twitter is the easiest way to kind of mm-hmm. interact with people I find. So yeah, whenever, if the show is going to be delayed or if we have any questions or want to look for feedback on a upcoming episode or something like that, um, you know, we're going to use Twitter to do that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. And not just for the show either. Like if you guys want to communicate or interact with us at all, um, absolutely. Like, you said, Luke, we've all been pretty active on Twitter lately. And um, so, you know, we're more than happy to talk games or just anything in general. I went on a rant about Taco Bell earlier yeah, today. I saw that. So, um, <laughs> so, I mean, it could be anything. So we're, we're definitely open to interacting with you guys. So Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, link is in the show notes if you want to just quickly go over there. Or you can just search for at Games Are Fun Pod on Twitter, like I said. So... All right, now that we got all that stuff out of the way, let's move into our first topic, and that is the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, next character. So, last Thursday, we, found, or well, before last Thursday, we found out that they were going to hold the direct and announce the final fighter for the Fighters Pass for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So, prior to that, we all, of course got Joker, and then we got uh, what is it? What's it? the dragon quest is he just called hero uh, just called the hero yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we got hero from dragon quest and then the third one was banjo and kazooie and then the fourth one was terry and so this was the final one there was a lot of speculation leading up to the game awards that they were going to announce that final dlc fighter because it kind of would have been a, a nice way to kind of go full circle right joker being announced at the 2018 game awards and then having the final one would have been cool but we didn't get that so we're like okay it's it's got to be just around the corner because nintendo announced that the final fighter would be out by february and so we're just waiting for nintendo to make that announcement and we got the announcement that it was happening so all these rumors spiked up of everyone coming up with uh who they think was going to be i mean like don dante from devil may cry was (laughs) in the running there um I don't know. Did you hear of any other like Sora yeah. from Kingdom Hearts? Was yeah, there was were still um, hoping for that. I, I mean, yeah, that was a big one. Uh, Tim Geddes from Kind of Funny was championing uh, Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden, right. thinking that he, he really thought that was going to be the one. Um, and then, of course, there were always the, you know, people trying to will uh, Master Chief and and the Doom Marine into the game. Thinking yeah, yeah, those would would be um, you know potential candidates. Yeah. Uh, but instead, something else happened. So, um, yeah, the the direct happened. Did you watch it live or did you catch it afterwards? I, 
I watched it live. Okay. So, unfortunately. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasted my time watching it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'd set my alarm and I don't even remember waking up. I must have just like unconsciously like just turned off the alarm and went back to sleep. Um, <laughs> but I woke up and saw uh, just a bunch of people talking on Twitter. So let's just jump into it. So uh, Byleth from Fire Emblem Three Houses may is the new challenger coming to super smash brothers ultimate and you're like okay what's wrong with that well there's a lot i guess and we'll kind of jump into it but first let's kind of go over byleth and everything that was announced so like i said byleth is from fire emblem three houses the game that uh just great game by the way yeah uh uh side note i literally picked up that game today and i'm uh going to hopefully play it this week um so i'm looking forward to that but byleth uh was announced as a playable character for, and you can play it in both male and female form. Um, now, is Byleth female in, like, is that something in Fire Emblem Three Houses that you can kind of choose, or is she like a female, or is it male? You can, you can choose male or female. I see, okay. At the start of the game. Cool. All right. So, um, yeah, you can, male or female versions are playable. And, um, the reason why I think a lot of, a lot of people are were upset about this is for a couple of reasons, I guess. Um, the big thing is there's already a bunch of main characters from the Fire Emblem series playable in Super Smash Brothers. And now we got another one. And so, I mean, for Fire Emblem fans, that might be something good. Um, like, how do you feel about another Fire Emblem character being added to the bunch? Uh, I'm not a fan of it like i i think now fire emblem has the most characters of any any franchise that exists in in super smash brothers now yeah i think they're like probably neck and neck uh, maybe a little more than like pokemon um mm-hmm. right now because smash has well ultimate has quite a bit of pokemon characters in there but anyways keep going um and uh, i don't know i just uh, i'm trying to wrap my brain around it because i mean it's Yeah, it's gotten more, the series has gotten more popular since Fire Emblem Awakening, but at the same time, like, I I feel like it's still kind of a niche game, Mm -hmm. and I don't really know why, like, Sakurai keeps putting these characters in. It's like, okay, like, haven't we had enough now? Like, and, you know, the previous four characters have all been unique, uh, you know, in some cases, very surprising characters. Mm Mm-hmm. And granted, even even adding Byleth, like they did, they took a very different approach from the other Fire Emblem characters. It's not like playing any of the other Fire Emblem characters. It's a very unique move set uh, that they gave Byleth, and I think it's I think it's a great addition if there weren't already so many Fire Emblem characters. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. The the fact that there's so many already is one thing. And then also, you know, just the fact that it's another sword character is kind of, you know, like there's so many other sword characters, not even just Fire Emblem, but, you know, there's there's other ones, including Link and stuff like that. And when you add up all those sword characters, there's quite a bit. And it's what I'm more kind of upset about, I guess, is the fact that if this was maybe the second or third Smash character added in the Fighters Pack, I think it would have went over a little differently because I think there was that expectation that this was the fifth and final one. You know, we mm-hmm. are getting... They Sakurai said that we are getting more DLC characters, um, actually six, I believe, uh, yep. in the next two years, 
which is just crazy that we're still getting more characters. Um, <laughs> and, but it, yeah, just the fact that it's the fifth and final one, we kind of, maybe I think we had that expectation set too high that it was going to be this, they're saving the best for last. Right. Um, you know, maybe if they like, honestly, even if they went in the exact like reverse order or something of how they came out, like if they ended on Joker or something like that, like that would have just left people with ecstatic. Right. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Like leaving a character that was came out of left field, but when they're adding something that's like, you know, it's just like if they added another Mario character, another Pokemon, it's all characters and IPs that we're quite familiar with, especially in Smash Brothers. And, you know, when we got things like Persona and even Banjo-Kazooie, characters that are not associated to Nintendo or really definitely Smash Brothers, it, it just, it, it it holds a lot more weight. So when you're, you're ending off the note with that, it kind of sucks. But I guess in the long run, it's kind of like, we are very spoiled with this game. You know what I mean? Like this game has so many freaking characters. I, I have all the characters unlocked. Um, I haven't played any of the new ones actually, but I, you know, there's so many choices. It's like we get one person's added to the game and we get upset, but I think it's just because it was included in as the final, you know, DLC fighter. Yeah. And the thing about the, uh, you know, the, the direct that they made too is that Sakurai clearly understands that there's a meme around people feeling that there's too many Fire Emblem characters yeah. and too many uh, too many sword fighters in the game and he understands that and there was actually two points during this direct where it was called out and and because of the fact that he's very aware of this and still decides to make this a part of the game I just <laughs> it, it kind of makes me wonder so I mean at the very beginning he was very deceptive in saying that this would be a big surprise, even to Nintendo employees. So we're thinking like, okay, this is going to be an absolutely insane announcement. Yeah. And then right before the trailer plays, he's like, you're going to understand who it is very quickly. And then something along the lines of, please don't be disappointed if this isn't what you wanted or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> obviously it was more of a, what Sakurai wants, I guess, than what the the player base wants. Yeah. Um, so so there was that, and then it goes into and you know the trailer plays, and you immediately see uh, Byleth in the trailer, and as the trailer is playing, um, you know the announcements made Byleth, you know they show Byleth going into a battle yeah. with other fighters, and they kill him, and he comes back in front of uh, I can't remember her name. Um, but basically She's from in front three of houses, this, right? Yeah, yeah, from yeah. from the three houses game yeah. comes in and says, you know, what happened? And you know, it was something along the lines of oh, there's there's too many swordsmen. <laughs> and that's when it, it flashes back to Byleth and we now see Byleth as the female character. And okay, so she's a sword woman, like, you know, what's it, <laughs> it's just the the way it contributes to the and and, and clearly addresses the meme. Yeah. But um, but then they try to tweak it a little bit more and be like, well, it's not even really a sword fighter because you have the axe and you have the bow and you have the lance. And depending right. on what moves you do, you get a different weapon. So it's not just a straight up sword fighter. So it's like, OK, you understand that the meme is there. You're trying to tweak it so that it's, you know, it's different. 
but at the end of the day, it's still another Fire Emblem character, and it's just yeah. it doesn't feel as creative as it should have been. In fact, you know, we saw me fighter costumes that were more creative than adding yeah. another Fire Emblem character. And so my, as I'm watching this, I had a bit of a tinfoil hat moment um, saying, because Sakurai has said for you, like, it seems like each game he puts out, he's like, okay, I'm done. I'm retiring. This is it. Smash Brothers is done. This is what I think his way of trying to sabotage the game is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if I just keep putting in characters that people don't want, they'll stop asking sure. and I can retire. Yeah, yeah, piece. exactly. Right. So that's totally... Totally my, my tinfoil yeah, hat moment. That, that's ride. totally fair. <laughs> I like, yeah, I think no matter what, it doesn't matter who's put in the character. Um, there's always going to be people disappointed with who was chosen and everything like that. There will be a, you know, a plethora of characters that we wish would come into Smash Brothers that just never will. Um, but, you know, we've, we've been spoiled. If you look at the, the history of Smash Brothers and you know cloud from final fantasy or snake you know like just characters that even like i said banjo and joker like we do get those moments and we can't expect i guess to have them all the time but yeah it does suck especially like you said when we got those uh new uh me fighter costumes we got uh cuphead which was probably the most exciting out of all of those mm-hmm. um it literally yeah. looks like cuphead and um yep. it's like why couldn't we just put Cuphead in, right? Like they obviously went to getting all the licensing and the legal mm-hmm. stuff of getting that property into this Nintendo game. So why yeah, not go one of the soundtracks in the game? Yeah. Too. And like, can you imagine if we got like a Cuphead character and like Mugman was like an assist trophy or something like that right. we had, you know, Cuphead designed uh, levels and stages that were drawn in oh the animation. Gosh, that'd be so cool. It would be incredible. And I think that, you know, there's some pretty unique creative levels in Smash already. Mm-hmm. And if they added something like that, I think they could really execute it to the point where it's like, oh, my gosh, this is this looks like the game. It looks incredible. Um, yeah. So Cuphead was one of those me fighter characters. Um, is it Alt- Altair? Alter from uh, Alt- Altair. OK, yeah, there's an accent on the eye that. Uh, from Assassin's Creed. And then we got Rabbids, Mega Man X, and Mega Man Battle Network. So, yeah, some additions there. Um, they were, I mean, as far as me costumes go, like, they were all pretty solid. Yeah. I, it's, you know, and I've heard other people talk about this. It's just, like, it's cool, but, like, I'm not a fan, personally, I've of playing as the me fighters. Like, I never play as them. Right? Yeah. So, it's, like, <laughs> do you want to look cool or do you want to have your character that you like fighting with right so that's why it sucks that it's pretty basically confirmed now that well i guess never say never because they could somehow you know remove cuphead me fight or they could still keep the costume and then make cuphead i don't know because like you know how there's like you can dress your me up in have costumes that are based on characters that are already in smash but it just sucks that they wasted this cuphead on a me costume. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, anyways, Byleth is going to be available on January twenty eighth, I believe. Yeah, January twenty eighth uh, for purchase, or if you have that fighters pack, um, you'll you'll get that included as well. Um, and then the me costume fighter, mm-hmm. uh, you can buy 
I think they're like a dollar or like 75 cents or something like that each. Um, so in addition to Byleth joining, um, there's also a new stage based on three houses, Garrig Mock Monastery, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else was added? I think there were some new songs um, yeah. added to the game as well. And yeah, I guess that was it. Um, a lot of the direct, of course, like previous Smash Directs was Sakurai going into great detail of every move <laughs> that the character possesses. And, um, you know, uh, I generally, to be honest, I always kind of skim through that stuff because I, I just kind of have to figure out the characters on my own. I'm not going to be able to retain all this knowledge of each character unique abilities and stuff like that. I don't know if you spend the time watching the details on each character or care too much about that. I watch them as they do like these directs, but I mean, I'm not good enough of a player to really, to really be able to put a lot of those techniques into action. Yeah, me too. And it's so funny because I get so excited about like every smash character that but i haven't even like i said i haven't played the other ones and i haven't played yeah. smash in like literal months so <laughs> yep yeah it's it's kind of one of those things that we we like to complain even though we're a little bit of a hypocrite because we're not even really supporting the game up to up to this <laughs> date anyways but i mean like we said this was a controversy around the entire industry there was so many of those react videos that went trending on twitter of people's faces of seeing <laughs> what was announced and just like this blank stare of like right wtf like am, yep. I, am i seeing this correctly like <laughs> fire emblem again so yeah that's uh i guess i don't know do you have anything more to say about that not really yeah. no i think i think that about covers it yeah i i scheduled a tweet out thursday morning after the direct for our podcast page to be like uh, we can't wait to talk about the new Smash Brothers. And I, I scheduled this a couple of days before. And then I like saw it and it made it sound like we were so excited to talk about it. So I, I tweeted out, spoiler, the thoughts aren't great. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we, we, like I said, we got six more fighters that um, it was cool. They were like, here's all these fighters that were coming. And then they put in a six one, like they kind of made a, not only are we adding another five, we're actually adding another six. And I think they said December, 2021, December 31st, 2021 mm-hmm. was when yep. all six of those should be released. So I kind of expect we'll get two, maybe, maybe three by this end of this year, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe know. three per year. Yeah. That, that would make sense um, just to kind of space them out evenly. So yep. yeah, I guess, uh, we see so you still have hope for all those people hoping for for other characters but you know it's it's yeah, hard to and say the interesting thing too is he mentioned that they're already selected so he yeah, already knows what those what six are. characters are so it's we know that it, these characters are all going to be someone from an existing game it's not going to be anybody from any new games coming coming yeah. up and going forward yeah so. exactly if you, I, I think we've talked about this previously when we've talked about Smash, but if you could choose a fighter to join, who would it be? Uh, I think, I think I got to go with Travis Touchdown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that honestly is very plausible, I would say. Um, 
there was even speculation that that could have happened with this DLC yeah. fighter. So. Oh man, I was really hoping. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I I had always hoped, and again, it's another character. I, I think he I think he's stuck as an assist trophy right now. But uh, Shovel Knight, I would have yeah. loved to have had Shovel Knight as a playable character. Or I mean, even now with the DLCs, um, was it Specter Knight would be really cool yeah. as a yeah. playable character. So. Totally. It's unfortunate that there's some cool characters that are wasted on assist trophies. Um, and I don't know why, like assist trophies are, are great. I don't, I don't really like care about them too much when I'm playing the game. Yeah. Um, but like what, what was just recently announced from Undertale as an assist trophy? Oh, what? Uh, you might be thinking of Sans. Yes. But that's, he's a, I think he's a me costume. Oh, is he a me costume? Like, he was an assist yeah. trophy. Okay. So I guess you could still kind of play as him, but I mean like look at poor Waluigi who's still stuck right. as an assist <laughs> trophy as all his friends, um, have been, you know, fighting since launch essentially. Watch, he's, he's going to be number six of the next pack. Oh man. That would. <laughs> his Sakurai's last, yeah, yeah. last thing that he does is going to be like, all right, here it is. Yeah. Here, here's the main five and here's like that little extra tease like man that would be hilarious honestly if they left <laughs> it for the final one that would create a gr- great memes all over the internet i'm sure so another one real quick i'd like to mention that could make kind of an interesting addition as a playable character would be uh since ori in the blind forest is oh yeah. game playable on yeah. switch is putting ori in there yeah, totally that that makes sense um who else i was thinking like because Nintendo has been had that great relationship with Microsoft going, like you said, already could make sense. That's why I thought maybe Cuphead, especially when it was being ported right. over. And um, I honestly like for people thinking like Master Chief, it's po- totally possible. Um, it would be cool, right? Because then you could get like the energy sword as like a droppable weapon that you could equip, mm-hmm. and that would be so cool. Like, can you imagine like Mario? Having an energy sword in his hand, just shredding up people, that would be really cool. But I don't necessarily think he's the right fit um, for this type of I game. Mean, if Snake can make it in, it's true. Yeah, you know. that's a solid, <laughs> solid. No pun intended, but solid point there. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, there's lots of people that have been looking for Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Crash Bandicoot has been. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people really want Goku yep. in in Smash <laughs> Brothers and. You know, it, it, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, who knows? You know, some of those DLC spots might be filled up with properties that are very, very specific to maybe Japan and don't resonate with, you know, kind of like Terry was with Fatal Fury um, mm-hmm. and and Fire Emblem, you know, Byleth to a degree as well, right? This is We're kind of in that stage right now where Fire Emblem has become much more popular in the West than it was you know, way back in the day. Right. So, mm-hmm. yep. um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And of course we'll be reporting on them as they come up. So, all right, moving on to the next topic, we got a bunch of delays to go over. So like I said, at the top of the show, you guys probably have heard about all of these already, but, um, there was four big games delayed. The first one, um, this is in order of them being announced as delay, but order of when they were supposed to come out uh so iron man vr was originally slotted for february 28th and that got delayed till may 15th 2020 um then we got final fantasy 7 that was slotted for march 3rd 
uh, delayed till April 10th, 2020. Um, we'll talk so about real quick. Yeah, go I, ahead. I made a joke about this or not a joke, but yeah. I said something last week. I was like, Oh my God, we're only a, like a month and a half <laughs> away from this game. Yeah. And then the very next day, yeah. uh, that came out about the delay. I'm like, man, that did not age well. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then it was so funny because our next delay, cyberpunk 2077, mm-hmm. April 16th to September 17th, that was the thing is when Final Fantasy got delayed to April, we're like, man, now we have like barely any time oh my gosh, to it play was a the week game. Difference. Yeah. yeah. And then it got delayed till fall. So uh, then the last one there was Avengers um, by Square Enix was slotted for May 15th. And that dot got delayed till uh, September 4th, 2020. So two big games moved to the f- fall, I guess. And then Iron Man was pushed... Um, by into may and then final fantasy they're only a month so yeah so what do you make of all these big delays you can kind of dive in into each game if you want but uh after hearing the news from all these AAA games being pushed back what was your initial thoughts so i'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant here um, <laughs> go for it <laughs> so it sucks it i i hate it um But at the same, so here's where my rant is, because I'm going to call out the gaming community at large here um, because I I get, you know, we're all very sympathetic to to crunch because of the stories that that we've heard from uh, different studios just really giving the shaft to their developers and and people working on the games. But it's okay to to be upset that these games aren't coming out on the date that we were expecting Mm -hmm. them to come out. Um, it, it's okay to think that it sucks that they're not coming out. Yes, we want uh, the mental health of these employees to be, to we want these people to be well. We don't want them to be stressed. We want a good game. We want them to take the time to make the game the best that they can. But it's it's okay to be upset about it too. Like I feel like so many people, uh, when you look at like uh, Twitter and and things like that, is just everybody is just so far into the, oh, well, as long as the game turns out good and as long as everyone's happy, like, I don't really care that it gets delayed. Yes, you do. And I do too. <laughs> um, so it's okay to be upset. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm tired of people acting like they're not upset by it or that they don't think it sucks because it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and someone should be allowed to go on Twitter and say, man, I'm really bummed that I can't play cyberpunk until September without having to also qualify. Like, yes, I want the game to be good. And yes, I want everyone to be happy and healthy in their jobs. Like you shouldn't have to make that qualifying statement because I've seen some of these threads where people say, you know, they, they voice their displeasure and someone immediately jumps on and say, well, do you want this game to suck? Or, um, do you not care about the people working on this game? You know, there's always someone, some social warrior of justice that yeah. wants to put the hammer down on someone that's just upset that their favorite game's not coming out. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and that shouldn't be a thing. Like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't make someone feel bad because they feel bad about when this game is being released. Yeah. Um, so, that's that's just kind of my rant. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. And I think you're right. Like, I think, like... A lot of people come from the perspective of when they see a delay, it generally means, okay, the game's going to get more polished or more work done on it. And they would, you know, rather have a well-polished game 
and have to wait, you know, three, four months later than a game that they can get sooner, but maybe it's a little mm. rough around the edges or has more bugs or whatever. And and I do respect that. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, it's not okay for them to do that. Oh, yeah, no. I, I totally respect it, but... I think it's, like you said, people are afraid of say, admitting that they're upset about that kind of stuff. That's totally accurate. Because, like, when I heard that Cyberpunk got delayed till September, I'm like, that sucks. Now I have to wait. And now it's that question of like well cyberpunk's coming out really close to next gen consoles like do i do i buy it right away yeah i probably will yes but like you know now it's there's that question of now we have to kind of look at what's going on um you look at final fantasy i mean that's just well cyberpunk 2 yeah that was announced like in 2013 we've been waiting a while for that game and so you know but Final Fantasy has gone through so many dips and that it's just like mm-hmm. you're getting so close. You're only a couple months away and then it's right. like, no, it gets pushed a bit, right? And that sucks, um, especially when you've been talking about it like we have for weeks. Like everyone else in this industry, we're getting closer and closer. It's like we're right there, we're right there. And then it gets pushed a little bit. It does suck, you know? Yeah. And I also hate to, you know, people always go right to the the Shigeru Miyamoto quote, like a delayed game is (laughs) eventually good, a bad game is bad forever. And that's just not true anymore. Like with patches and and updates and DLCs, like games can always be made better now. So that quote, while at the time uh, was was spot on. Yeah. um, That's just not necessarily the case anymore. And again, you know, we want them to make the game as good as possible when it comes out. But you know patches are okay too and not every game can recover from a bad launch so it's good to to make a good first impression right out the door but i just think people need to stop using that quote because it's just it's not always applicable these days for sure and you mentioned crunch being a big topic around delays Mm -hmm. and stuff and uh that came up quite a bit with these ones of yeah i don't want cyberpunk i don't want these people to literally put their lives into hell to try and get this game to reach that, that release date. Uh, I want them to, you know, maybe have some more time to work on it so they don't have to grind. But I actually shared uh, off show with uh, Garrett and, and Adam, this article by Jason, Jason Schreier from Kotaku. Great. One of the best games journalists uh, actually doing a piece on crunch and that crunch doesn't just magically go away when the game's delayed. In fact, like now there's even more pressure that, okay, now we've pushed this game. We got to work even harder to make sure that we get this date because we cannot afford to push that again, right? It's one thing to delay a game once, but delaying a game twice is can impact uh, your your studio and the, you know, the, the buzz around your game quite a bit if you are doing things like that. Um, and... You know, it's it's not like you can let up. You just got to keep going. And clearly you weren't able to make it then. Here's the release date of what we can do as long as we can st- are still putting in as much work as possible, right? And, you know, and this, this conversation of crunch and everything, what it always comes back down to, you know, you listen to any other podcasts out there with, whether it's listening on IGN or GameSpot or Kind of Funny and they're talking about crunch and, and people who worked in crunch and the other side of games and the the journalist side of it of 
working on a project and coming in and putting in the overtime because you're super passionate about it and want to put that time into it. It's, it's a very, it's not an easy said done that you can just dismiss. Um, you know, crunch is always going to be there regardless. Um, and it's really the biggest part of it is it's up to these major developers and companies to, to make sure that they're handling it properly and not, not, putting their the well-being of their employees at you know at risk to to get a game out right so in that article they were jason was talking about how cd cd project red um has a little bit different labor laws because they're in different country and stuff like that like even here in canada you know there's a, a reason why uh there's lots of studios in certain parts of the world like montreal and quebec and and different different places like in in texas because of what the laws are surrounding certain things and you know there's I, I guess it's up to us as the consumers to kind of decide on what we want to support um because crunch is happening all the time so you can't just say that it's gone away because a delay has happened so yeah and not everybody does crunch unethically too exactly like, i mean kind of like what you were saying like I, there is kind of a, a negative you know, kind of stigma about it. But then you have people in the business, you know, that have said like, you know, sometimes it's just people that that are so proud of what they're working on that they want to put the extra time in to get it done and get it shipped on time. So it's not always someone back there cracking a whip like you're not getting paid or any, you know. Yeah. uh, But there are, as we've seen, there are very very negative situations sometimes that do go along with crunch and right um you know hopefully it's it's something that you know going forward isn't a big issue because again we do want these people to be uh you know mentally happy and and want to continue working in the industry um because when you hear about crunch like it kind of makes you wonder like why do these people still like why do these people still do it if it's this bad so um you know it's it must not be as bad as everyone thinks if there's people still wanting to continue doing that work. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's so many layers Like you said, every situation is going to be unique in its own of what's going on there, how the employees are being treated. If it's a point of they're kind of accepting about it because they don't really have a choice or because they, you know, they just all their entire life they've wanted to work and they finally made it at this big studio and they don't want to sacrifice that. So, or, you know, the head up, the higher ups in the studio, they're coming in on the weekend. So what's my excuse kind of thing. Like, I I think as long, it seems like this is a topic that is constantly coming up. Um, I think the public and the, the consumers in the video game industry are, are more educated about it now. And I think as long as it keeps keeps you know being a thing of discussion it will it will make sure that studios are you know could be held accountable for that that you know if it's if if it's done if crunch is dealt with in a a poor manner you know that could impact how how we see their company and uh, how we decide if we're going to support that company and what they what they do right i mean look at it's not crunch but it's look at blizzard and what happened to blizzard this this past year and all the the hate that's come come down onto them because of all mm-hmm. the decisions yeah. that they made that whether you agree they were right or wrong i mean it it's it's holding them accountable for those things so i think it's just it's good that we continue having these conversations and just 
make sure that we're we're aware that it, it's there but at the same time you know it's not like it's all good or all bad or whatever so so with these delays um i obviously you're disappointed about the the final fantasy one um yeah, i mean I, and it's really like uh, pretty I'm, small because it's just a month yeah kind of it, thing. it's yeah. only a month and i mean the the fact that cyberpunk has now moved means that i can have more time with final fantasy i don't feel like i need to rush through it now so that's you know that's a positive i, I you know i'm bummed that i have to wait till september for cyberpunk because i was really looking yeah. forward to that game um but at the same time, it's still coming out this year. It's still going to be awesome when I get to play it. Spreading things out isn't a bad thing because, I mean, look at um, the last couple of months of 2019, right? Look how just kind of smushed all these all these games were and trying to fit them all in and play them all in such a short amount of time. So it's kind of nice that that's not really necessarily a thing now. We have, mm-hmm. you know, things are more spread out. People have more time to play and enjoy these games. Yeah. So, um, so it's not all bad. Yeah, no, I agree. I like I'm liking this uh, this spread a lot better than what it was because it w- <laughs> yeah. it did seem tight with like it, it's still kind of tight in certain spots. Like Animal Crossing is still right near Final Fantasy to some degree, mm-hmm. but again, I don't really when I when it's a Switch game and then like a console game like on PS4 or Xbox One, I kind of see them differently because for the Switch, I kind of play those games, you know. Maybe I'll play it when I'm lying in bed or, um, right. you know, just casually on the couch while Megan's watching something on the TV or something like that. So I don't really, I'm not too concerned about like a Switch game coming out around the same yeah. time as a big console game. But yeah, with with how it was before, it was uh, definitely when uh, Last of Us, before Last of Us got delayed, um, that was looking really, really tight because... Yeah. <laughs> you know, with Final Fantasy and yeah, it was it was crazy there. So I think this is is a, a decent spread. I don't know about Avengers. That game had I, I wasn't. I honestly was interested. I like I love Marvel. I like the Avengers. The game looked interesting to me. I didn't know. Don't really know how I feel about the games with service aspect of it, but I was interested in it. And now with it being September and really close to Cyberpunk, it's almost a guarantee that I'm not going to pick that game up until it's, you know, goes on sale or something like right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see now that Avengers and Cyberpunk are so close on how if how and if when they maybe launch them on next gen consoles as well. I mean, I remember way back when Grand Theft Auto Five. And I, I swear this is a thing. Maybe you can look up an article if you don't believe me. But leading up to when we knew that Xbox One was coming out and PS4 were coming out in the holiday season of 2013, uh, Grand Theft Auto was coming out at the, I, th- I think it came out in like September or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, or October 2013, somewhere really close to the launch of the next-gen consoles. And they said that it wouldn't be ported over um to the next gen they're launching it on the three set and it wasn't until the next year that those ended up making its way onto next gen console so i'm interested with all these fall games not just avengers and cyberpunk but some of the other games that are slotted for fall releases if we're going to get them you know a month after the console's launch are we going to have to wait an entire year before cyberpunk 27 comes to next gen like it's i don't know how 
easy these things are for them to to port over to new consoles i i guess it kind of depends on how different this new tech is on the new consoles compared to what's running on the current gen but um if they would like let's say cyberpunk we're leading up to september and they're like uh you know at this point let's say we know that xbox and ps5 we know the release date so let's say ps5 is coming out uh like sometime in november and cyberpunk cd project reds like cyberpunk's coming out september 17th and it's also coming out um launch at when the ps5 launches would you consider holding off for that or are you too eager to get in there i um i i gave this some consideration when i first heard that it was being moved to september yeah and i just know that i wouldn't be able to hold out those couple months or whatever until the the new uh the new consoles came out so it is something i'm i'm still gonna get day one yeah no (laughs) yeah me too like i i think if it was a game that i didn't care as much about or wasn't Mm -hmm. as excited for then i could see myself waiting but i i mean that's still two months for me to Mm -hmm. play lots of content before the next gen consoles come out so yeah, no, I, I agree. I just wanted to he- hear your thoughts because I, I saw on yeah. Twitter, like you said, like some people mentioning like, oh, maybe I'm, with it being so close, maybe I'll just wait. But I'm like, man, it's going to be a couple hard months for those people to like, I know, hold back when everyone's going to it's all you're going to see online, right? Not only that, but it's not like that's going to be the only game to play on new consoles when they launch. Like, yeah, we know that there's going to be there's going to be new games. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we don't know what the full launch library is going to be, but we at least know a couple games per per platform now. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a couple more bangers that get announced. So, oh, big time. You yeah. know, why, why, you know, feel, again, feel kind of burdened, you know, to try and play them all once the console releases, where is if you buy Cyberpunk day one for the current gen, um, you have a couple months to play it and enjoy it before, you know, the new consoles and and those games come out exactly yeah that's a good way of putting it so before we move on to what games we've been playing do you have any predictions of other games that might see a delay in the next couple months um it's it's i want to say no just because i can't imagine seeing more delays piled on top of this yeah like just about every major game that's slotted to come out has already been delayed once at least yeah um so it's hard to think that there would be even more of those i mean i guess uh there's always a possibility that although we don't have an actual release date maybe ghost of tsushima gets pushed i kind of doubt that would happen but you know that's i think really the only major title that hasn't already been pushed at least once Mm -hmm. so yeah, that we know of. Yeah, exactly. Um, even last year when we were talking about like Watch Dogs Legion and some of those Ubisoft games that uh, had been slotted for certain times of the year got delayed. Um, I think we're at that point where we're getting further, far enough. It, well, again, we're still only in January, but a lot of these decisions I think get made at the, the end of the fiscal year of what they can kind of move and, and bump out or whatever into the next and i think like half-life alex is kind of weird with it being slotted for march and we're like i said halfway through january now and they don't even have a specific date which is kind of weird 
Um, I know none of us will really be playing that game, but that's a big game that's coming that still we don't know the actual release date. And I don't think Ghost of Tsushima either will will get delayed um, just based on the fact that they 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 were smart by just saying summer 2020 in that way they have that time period of that season to kind of figure out when it's going to be do we get the first part of the summer do we get the tail like you know they can kind of figure that out depending on how much work they still need to get get done and how much polish they need to put on the game so um i don't think any of the games that have been delayed are going to get delayed further though i think like Last of Us Part Two is set. Um, I think all these these games are set as well. Uh, the only thing I'm still a little worried about is like when Final Fantasy VII. Like when are the the rest of Final Fantasy going to come out? Yeah, and I think and you, I'll feel I'll just feel so much better once that game goes gold and we yeah. know like it's it like that that's a firm date and it's not going to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and looking back in the history of major AAA games. Most of them, I would say, probably get some sort of delay. I mean, like, look at Red Dead Redemption 2. That got delayed by an entire year. Um, it was supposed to come out, I think, in... I can't remember. But it got a big delay, I'm pretty sure. And then... Um, but I guess on the other side of that, there's something like Death Stranding, where it's like, you know nothing. It's like, okay, it's coming out on this date. And then it goes gold, like a month and a half or two months before the release date and people are playing it and it comes out and it's so well polished. It's like, holy crap. So you never really know what's going to happen with these big games. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move into what games we have been playing. So Adam, why don't you start us off with what you've been playing since uh, last week? Okay. Uh, So first one I want to mention is a game that Garrett brought up last week. Uh, It's called Temtem. It's a... Uh, kind of a very, very, very unabashed, like, Pokemon sort of copycat. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's it's pretty, it's all online, so you can do, like, co-op. You can do competitive stuff with people, um, you know, in real time. You can see pe- uh, other players running around the map at pretty much all times. And so there was a stress test that they did over the past couple weeks um, on certain dates. And I finally got a chance to try it out uh, just earlier today. And the uh, the the first hour of it, so it was it was a two hour window. It was um, noon to two Eastern, and the first hour was just unplayable. Um, <laughs> oh man! Like just connection drops, uh, you know, loading issues. Like I couldn't do a, a thing. You know, I get into battles, and then it would, uh, you know, there'd be connection issues during the battle, and then you know, it basically has to reload the entire game, and. That was that was a real pain. They did sort of find ways and and did some hot fixes on their servers to alleviate the issue uh, mid play, and they did end up extending the time on it too. So, in the end, I probably had about three hours. Although that first hour again, I I just don't even count because I got nothing accomplished. Right. Um, and and I will say, as as kind of a, a Pokemon type game, it seemed very very like much like pokemon like if you like pokemon games you'll probably enjoy this one i didn't really get a chance to test out any of like the social things like the co-op or competitive type stuff but i did see people running around all over the place there's tons of people in the world um so you can see when they're in battles you can see when they're like interacting with like shops and stuff um you can see when they're talking to npcs and uh so it was pretty cool the uh the the graphics on it were 
were pretty decent. Um, you know, maybe kind of on par with um, with Pokemon, but I will say, you know, the battle animations were, uh, at least from what I saw, were much more um, seemed like tailor made. Okay. And you know, time kind of tells as you go on in the game whether or not you know because. Pokemon had a lot of just very generic animations that they would mm-hmm. reuse. But I mean, when you have, you know, 800 plus total Pokemon to to have in, in your game, even if they're not all in there, that's still a lot of animations and everything that, that would take, I'm sure, an awful lot of time to have a custom animation for each each ability. So uh, from what I saw in just the, the limited time that I had, it seemed... Like maybe they did have unique animations for every every move for each each creature, um, and it it was pretty fun. I don't know that I'm ready for another Pokemon game, so I don't know if I'm gonna get it right away because they are on Tuesday going to uh, put it into early access publicly oh, wow. for okay. anybody to purchase and and start playing. So if you miss the stress test, then you know your opportunity to play if you're really into that. Is coming up in just a couple of days. So, um, it, after that first hour, I was I was gonna say I can't recommend it to anybody because I don't know what What's, this game yeah, is. Exactly. But fortunately, I did get another two hours or so of being able to play, and uh, the world seems like it's gonna be fairly large. Um, I don't know how explorative it's gonna be. I was in like a very uh, in an area that that seemed a lot like a traditional like route like you find in Pokemon. So I didn't go into any like major like wild area type type things. I don't expect that's going to be uh, anywhere in the game, but it does seem like it's going to have a very large world filled with different regions to explore. So um, it seems like it'll be pretty neat. Uh, the um, you do have a rival in this game, and for those that didn't like Hop at all, you'll probably be very happy <laughs> with the the rival you get in this game because. They're, they're a lot like, uh, was it Gary or, or Blue? Yeah, depending Gary, on, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, which yeah, first gen exactly, game you played. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this person is just so rude to you, so mean, a big-time jerk, like, oh, you suck as, as a, as a uh, I forget what they call it. I don't think it's trainer. Um, gosh, I can't remember. Um, but basically, you suck. I'm way better than you. Um, you're never going to make it as a trainer. <laughs> so... It's kind of nice having someone to dislike being your rival yeah. instead of like, hey, let's be overly positive and, and uh, be best friends along the way. And yeah. so if you like that traditional rival thing, you know, you'll you'll like the rival you get in this. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What um, a rival. What a rival is actually supposed to be when you hear exactly. the word rival. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it seems it seems like it's uh, it could be pretty fun. It might be something I, I look at to a little bit more down the road or, you know, once more i don't know if there's going to be any official reviews on this game or not um you know but probably i would suspect uh when it because they did say it's coming to switch ps4 and xbox one apparently at some point this year yes that sounds right so i could imagine that once it launches on consoles pending Mm -hmm. it you know it's not like a preview on consoles as well um, I, I assume that it's probably going to be a full release on consoles. And yeah. once it gets on consoles, they, we might see more big reviews from some of the big, you know, uh, yeah. It, yeah. And that might be the time to pick it up then too. Like, especially if it's coming to switch, um, that would be a great addition to have on the switch, you know, 
something I can just kind of hop on and, and kind of play casually whenever I have the time yeah. anywhere in my house, you know, and, and that was one of the really great things about Pokemon is being able to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, but the, uh, the, the creatures of the ones that I saw, they, they all seemed, uh, pretty unique and, um, you know, they, they do kind of set themselves apart from, you know, the, the Pokemon from Nintendo. So, um, you know, kudos to them. I'm not sure how many there are total in the game that there's going to be, um, but they, seem pretty varied and there there is a um you know they do have sort of the same effective system you know like super effective and not very effective sort of system that you get uh from pokemon so each each temtem has their uh specific types that they have and then they're they're weak against some strong against others and um while they try not to uh directly copy some of those like fire you know water um grass yeah you can't really avoid those yeah although i think they call grass nature in this one um <laughs> Which isn't that much further yeah. from the so instead of uh instead of psychic there's mental <laughs> and instead of uh fighting it's melee right <laughs> and then i think there's still just like normal uh normal type and then there's another one one of the starters you can choose as a crystal type hmm. and so i'm not really sure what that corresponds to in like the Pokemon universe to, to be able to kind of like uh, compare it to. But so it seems like they, they are trying to have some unique types to bring into. The okay. Game as well. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds really interesting. I've, you know, before you and Garrett even got the chance to check it out and I should mention Garrett's not on the show. He tried to get on there, but he was having <laughs> quite a bit of issues, uh, like a one that he was showing us at one point, like it was like one frame per second, um, which is literally. Yeah, unplayable. I mean, he's playing on like a decade old. <laughs> and that's the thing. Uh, yeah, too, so. <laughs> he, he says he's like running on a 2009 iMac that's running like some sort of homebrew or yeah. like Windows, like. Yeah, yeah, some sort extension. of Windows, yeah. Windows loader, yeah, of some kind. So, probably not helping the cause, but. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I'm, I ch- saw things on it circulating online before, and looked interesting. After hearing you talk about it a little bit more, I'm definitely still intrigued. And once it gets onto consoles, and if it is, you know, reviews well, and it seems because it's an online game, it's going to be one of those games that I think is constantly getting updates, and they're going to work at uh, making the game better and add new things on an ongoing basis. So. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's cool now that, yeah, there's Pokemon, but there's also lots of people that only have PCs or only have Xbox and PS4 and maybe, you know, haven't played Pokemon games since way back in the day or never have had any exposure to that type of game. So they're going to be able to not necessarily get the full fledged thing, um, but something that is very similar and taking a lot of inspiration from. So yeah, I'm, I hope that, uh, it gets, a a successful launch and hopefully um it comes to consoles sooner rather than later so do you want to talk about dragon ball now uh sure yeah so All i've right. also been playing uh kakarot and i am i mean if it if it goes as far into the dbz series as what i think it does which would be the boo saga i am in relation to that i am you know 
almost done with like the Frieza saga or I'm getting pretty close to being done with that. So I think I'm nearing the halfway point of the game and I think I'm about 16 or so hours in. So, okay. um, you know, so looking at, you know, somewhere maybe like a 30 ish, uh, 35 hour game, I, I would say um, there are, it, it has very surprisingly large open world to explore. Um, so there's, there's uh, certain areas that you go into and <clears throat> each area is kind of like its own open environment to, to kind of go through. And if you were to just stay on the ground and just kind of run or walk to your destination, you'd be going, it would take you forever. So fortunately the game gives you the ability to fly at <clears throat> different speeds. And so that helps you get to your destinations a lot quicker. And so it, it's a really big world, which is really neat. Uh, the downside to that is that they didn't really necessarily fill the world with a lot of uh, activities or interactive elements. Uh, there are gathering points, so you can gather, uh, you know, things like food, and you can go fishing, and there's mining spots. So they, they add all that stuff. And then, of course, as you're flying around or, or running around and exploring, there's orbs that you can pick up. And these orbs give you the, um, it's basically the currency that you use to unlock new skills. Okay. Um, so you have like a, a skill tree and at certain points in the game, whether it's, you know, hitting a certain level or completing a certain story mission, uh, some of these skill tree nodes will open up and then you use these orbs as currency to unlock those. There's other abilities then that you have to use. Uh, so it's another form of currency. It's I think it's called a D metal, and you use these to you find like uh, training points out in the world, and you can access these points and you use some of these D metals to go into like a combat instance. Um, usually uh, meant to be a little bit more on the on the difficult side um, to to make it hard to unlock these more powerful abilities. Uh, okay. But then upon completing them, you unlock it and you can then equip those abilities to use in your next fights. And so it's it's uh, it's pretty neat. Like the the worlds have been fun to explore. I mean, it's if you're not familiar with the Dragon Ball Z story, like it basically walks you through all the main story beats um, okay. from from the different sagas in the Dragon Ball Z story. So um, you'll get a lot of context through playing. I'd say that the main thing that you're missing out on is some of the character building. Like you may see certain characters, uh, for instance, like Yamcha or Tien, um, you know, that, that you're maybe really familiar with because you watched the show and you kind of saw how those characters grew and interacted with some of the other main characters. And, uh, you know, Bulma is another one who's, who's a, in the show is, is a pretty active character for, uh, you know, some of the different sagas and she doesn't really get a lot of time in the game. So you might be like, oh, you know, this person's a nobody, but, you know, in reality, she's really not. Um, so some characters are kind of left by the wayside a little bit. Um, but as far as the main actual story beats, like you do get that. You just don't get all the uh, all the character stuff, which, you know, sometimes was sort of filler in the episodes like um you know people watch it because they want to see all the fight scenes and everything but yeah. 
um, then they do put in like these these little moments for the characters and um, and then of course uh, the meme is that you know you can see an episode where all it is is just two people powering up through the whole episode so <laughs> yeah, yeah you do get to skip those kind of moments which is nice um, but overall yeah I'm I'm really liking it um, I almost didn't get it because I heard some sort of negative opinions about people that that played like the the early builds at like mm-hmm. what was it, like e3 or packs or something, yeah, like, something that. like that and, um so i'm glad i ignored those and and got it because it's just it's just fun uh that the the combat's fun um being able to sort of power up and you really do feel like you're getting stronger as you go through because it's you know it's it's an rpg so you see like the damage numbers as you so there's both damage numbers and then there's also health bars kind of like uh, it, it is kind of like a mix of like fighting and RPG. So you see the health bars, so you know how much health the, the enemy has. And then you also see the damage numbers that you're putting out. But then you have, you know, these abilities that you unlock. Some of them are like the uh, the key abilities. So you're shooting like blasts of energy out. And some of them is, you know, melee focused. So you're doing like uh, strong, powerful hits. And then you have just like a regular attack button where you can string like a just like a regular attack combo. So um, the, the combat's pretty varied. Um, the, the battles are, you know, very classic fights from the series. And they, they stay pretty true to how those battles uh, work out. And um, it's just really neat overall so far. I'm enjoying it. So Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I know you, uh, Garrett, he, he would have been talking about it as well. He's been playing it. So I'm sure he'll give impressions uh, next week. He, yeah. Uh, if he, he makes it on, which I think he, he should be able to. And then even your brother's been picking it up as well. And mm-hmm. something unfortunate happened to your brother because <laughs> do you, I, I don't know if like we could so, share that, but <laughs> so he's, he's a huge Dragon Ball fan um, more so than me. I know he's, he's seen, he used to have the box sets for, for all of it. And um, he's watched through it multiple times and he's watched uh, some of the other stuff like GT and, um, so he's he's really big into into Dragon Ball, and so he's he picked it up. He's been playing, and just last night he was telling me he was about at the same point I was, and I started playing, um, you know, well before he did, and so I'm like, wow, like you're like cruising through this game, and then it was maybe only like I don't know an hour or two later he's like, well, my son Alexander uh, saved over my file. So, so he's, he saved over the, the main file. And then of course, oh, man. um, the auto save goes off of just whoever's currently like whoever's game is currently running. So, right. so the auto save was, was now for his son, Alexander, but then he also did a manual save over top of Steven's file. Oh, and man. so, yeah, so he had to start all over. So I'm like, man, that's, that sucks. that would really suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that was a good, uh, I mean, he was at least through, uh, the, the first episode, if you will. So like the, um, where Vegeta and Nappa come in, the, yeah. the Saiyans attack earth. And so he made it, he was through that. And basically he was about to go into the, uh, the Frieza saga when he lost his files. So yeah, he had to start all over. Man, that sucks. <laughs> That's like, <Yeah. laughs> we've talked about it on the show before of just back in the day. Well, you have 
stories with your brother of like oh my gosh yeah my <laughs> final fantasy 7 file that yeah. he he overwrote Ooh. yeah so oh, that's still it still stings yeah so i mean i guess it's kind of kind of payback a yeah little there bit, you go <laughs> to to a lesser extent for yeah. sure because yeah. i mean he had a couple couple hours into that game yeah. i had Oodle. a lot more <laughs> of hours yeah. in that final fantasy yeah. file <laughs> oh man yeah i think it's definitely a game that uh I, from the, what I've seen online, a lot of people are enjoying it. It's not like blowing their socks off by any means. They have, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's not game of the year. But yeah, it's, but it's, it, it's, it's feelings. It's nice to see a Dragon Ball RPG instead of just another Dragon Ball Z, you know, fighting game, which, right. you know, you're still getting the fighting in there, um, but also adding some other elements in there for, for people that maybe aren't as interested in the fighting and, and more of the the world than the characters and what's going on. So yeah, and it's it's a nice kind of middle ground for people that have been like, well, where are the double A games these days? And and this is it. Like this yeah. is your this is your uh, good quality double A type game to to fill in the gap between all those all those cool indie yeah. games and then the the triple A uh, big releases. And super smart of them to launch it here in January. Oh, yeah. like, Genius. <laughs> that's Galaxy Brain right there. Yeah, it, it's what people that's what people are talking about right now on on twitter and um that's what because that's what's the probably it's the biggest game out right now um so yeah really smart i i've never been into dragon ball uh, or dragon ball z or any of it because it's because uh, dragon ball correct me if i'm wrong but I, like dragon ball was like a mid to late 80s early 90s kind of and like that's when the anime came out originally is that the correct? original dragon ball yeah that sounds about right and then um I, i'm actually really not sure on the yeah. timelines but i think dragon ball z was like mid to late 90s right. early yeah. 2000s ish i i have friends who really got into it it was just like one of those series that i never i it was just there and i just i was busy with pokemon and uh and Yu-Gi-Oh later on uh and so I, yeah, well, I, I just never really got into it. So it's like me playing. I'm glad that you said that if you, it, it does kind of dive into some stuff, if you're not familiar with the story and, and the characters and everything. Um, yeah. Cause I, I was, it looked fun for a game to play, but as somebody who's not, I wasn't sure, am I going to be totally lost if I go in there? But I think I know enough about Dragon, Dragon Ball Z and stuff to, be able to i think this is going to be a library pickup for me that i can kind of try out maybe when i'm looking for something to play um down the road but yeah and it's not um it's not a replacement for the show but uh, if you never saw the show and you're interested in the game like it's gonna make sure that you're informed in what's going on so you're not going to be lost as far as the the story and, and plot points go right cool well did you have any other games you wanted to mention or not really. Um, I just I, I played a little bit more Time Spinner, which I talked about yep. uh, last week on the show, and then um, I actually played a little bit of a uh, little bit more Mario Maker Two uh, just Ooh. today, actually. So cool. yeah, I played a little bit more of that. That's awesome. For myself, I have been well. It's been a couple of weeks, but I'm gonna keep it brief, um, just so we can save some time here. Uh, coincidentally, I've been not coincidentally. Uh, that's the wrong word surprisingly i guess <laughs> i've been playing jack and daxter which i i said earlier um which is really weird it's like why are you playing this old ps2 game right now and the reason why is i bought the jack 
and Daxter bundle on PS4 because that got ported over to the PS4 like a couple years ago, I believe. And I think it was like 50 bucks for like four games. You got Jack, Jack and Daxter, Jack 2, Jack 3, Jack X Combat Racing, which is kind of a spinoff that's kind of meh. And growing up, Jack and Daxter was probably my bit my favorite game on PlayStation 2. I loved Jack uh, 2. I loved Jack 3. Um, I had Jack X Combat Racing. Like I really liked Jack and Daxter and because um, they were a really fun 3D platform. And then the second and third one introduced like more vehicles and guns and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so I've always, it was, it's always, I'm very nostalgic for it. And the bundle was on sale over the holiday break and I bought it for like super, super cheap. I think I paid something like $15 for like four games. Right. And so, yeah, I played a little bit of Jack and Daxter a, a couple of weeks ago and I've, I'm basically in like the second area, which it's so funny playing a game that the last time you played it was when you were a kid because I was young and I thought I was making some crazy progress in that game of like kind of finishing the first stage um, and thinking that I had beat like half the game or something like that when I was a kid. When now looking, I'm like, oh my God, I've only, that's only, I did that in like three hours, like as an adult. So it's like, man, I, I couldn't believe. So I'm kind of interested in actually finishing that game and, and playing through the series. But that's something that I've just been kind of doing, um, you know, for fun. I'm not really committed to beating all three of them because I, you know, Jack, the new Jack game's coming up or something. So I've been playing that. That's been fun. Um, I've been playing some Yakuza Kiwami 2 and I'm like, I think I'm like 15 hours into the game and I want to say it's probably going to take me about another 5 to 10 hours to finish up the story and also kind of do some side quests here and there. The reason why I want to get that done is because uh, Yakuza 3 Remastered and Yakuza 4 Remastered came out uh, I think in like October or like September, October, November, somewhere in there and I actually pre-ordered this special edition that comes with all three, four, and five, because five's supposed to come out in February. And so I got, I'm getting all these Yakuza games in February, and I need to to really get through them uh, before the end of March. <laughs> so where all the games come. So I'm like, I need to, to finish up Yakuza Kiwami 2. <laughs> And yeah, again, I've talked, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. I've talked about Yakuza several times, so I'm not going to go into it. But um, when these games drop on Game Pass and you have an Xbox, like, please give them a shot. Um, Honestly, Adam, like, have you ever played the Yakuza games? No, but listening to you talk about it makes me really want to do that. Yeah. You know, knowing that that it's going to be an option, but then also knowing that there's going to be all these other games kind of, I'm like, I'm so torn. Like it's, it's (laughs) tricky. Like I played Yakuza zero and didn't even, uh, well, I played it knowing that it was a prequel. Um, it's the games do a really great job of catching you up on what was missed. Um, I will say the remakes, uh, have like they've added different things in the game. So um, like Yakuza Kiwami, you know, when Kiwami 2 came out, there was stuff that was added in Kiwami that wasn't in the original. Kiwami is just like, um, I don't know what it's Japanese for, but it's uh, the Yakuza Kiwami is 
the very first Yakuza game on PS2, but remastered in a totally new engine, and uh, they've added a whole bunch of stuff, and they've actually, uh, in Yakuza Kiwami 2, it's the same thing, they've added stuff that was makes sense, because um, it was in y- the first Yakuza Kiwami, so it's, uh, I believe, Zero, Kiwami, and Kiwami 2 are going to come to Game Pass, and um, you play them in that order, uh, and then, you know, it's, it's such a, like, every time I talk about it, it's so hard, because it is a big series, right, you got a prequel, and then you got one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, and then there was Judgment that came out last year, which is a spin-off game set in the Yakuza universe, and then Yakuza 7 is supposed to come out this year. Now, um, Yakuza 0 through 6 follows Kiru Kazuma, who is your protagonist, and it's his story, so um, you can't really play like Yakuza 6. You could, but I mean like you're missing out on a lot of backstory of his character and everything he's been through, so um, but for you, Adam, like I, I do recommend it, just knowing on you know you like jrpgs and mm-hmm. this is a awesome rpg game uh, it's a beat em up so the combat isn't really anything spe- spectacular you're just kind of mashing buttons there are combos and things you can learn um but it's not like super in depth as a a fighting game or anything like that but it's fun it is so weird the sub sub stories are i remember playing it and Megan sitting on the couch just watching just like what are you doing and i'm like I don't know. This is a Japanese game and the Japanese culture is very <laughs> different than ours. And so just, just keep that in mind. Um, and you'll, as long as you come in with the open mind, it's quite fun. So, um, yeah, when that comes to game pass, I'll just repeat everything I've said now. So, <laughs> so the thing for me is I, I think when those games came out, I, I immediately associated that more as like a, a GTA game, which like GTA I've never really been into. So I think that's kind of what, kind of kept me out of it but i sure. guess that's not really so much it's, what it is it, it, it's definitely like you're, you're dealing with like yakuza or like ja- they're japanese mobsters right so you're dealing with the crime aspect of it but no like you it's not like you you all combat is melee for the most part you can kind of get weapons like a crowbar that you can hit people with or something like that um the maps are I say maps because each game generally has two kind of areas that are separate from each other and they, you just walk, there's no driving or anything like that. So you don't have guns, you don't have driving. It's not like this big Mm -hmm. open world. Um, It's Japan. It's, it's, it's like Osaka. It's um, very tight and compact and lots of people on the streets and, you know, street food. It's very cool kind of world to kind of be in. Um, That being said, the I think one major turnoff for some people with this game is it's very, very, very cutscene heavy. Um, I'm talking not to the level of like Metal Gear, but there are cutscenes where you're watching <laughs> for quite a bit, um, and you know the game is is subtitled. So if that's not your thing, you know you're probably not going to get past that, right? But um, I, I just recommend it. It's it's one of those things that I've always been interested in. Gave it a shot, and I just was like, man, I just want to like dive deeper into this franchise because it's it's it pulled me in. So, and I, I think they they're clearly having success with Western audiences with these these remakes and mm-hmm. making them more accessible to people with all of them being on PS4. And 
I suspect that a lot of them will eventually make their way onto Xbox One when those exclusivity deals uh, expire and stuff. So, yeah, it sounds neat. I, I'm I'm really gonna try and even with the the onslaught of games that are coming, I really want to try and uh, give it a shot. Yeah, at least. Yeah, I think uh, we. It's probably just right around the corner that they're gonna be hitting Game Pass. So, um, yeah, you'll be able to do that hopefully soon before but hopefully not at a time when last of us 2 is coming out or something like that or final fantasy or final fantasy yeah (laughs) um and then lastly i've been playing life is strange 2 i when the first episode came out in september 2018 i played that first episode and then the second episode came out i'm like you know what i'm just gonna wait for all five to come out and play them like that that's how i played the first life is strange Um, That's how I play most of the Telltale games, which are very similar. Um, And yeah, really, really like Life is Strange 2. Very different story than the first one. Um, You're following uh, character Sean Diaz and his brother Daniel. They, I don't want to spoil anything really, but basically they, uh, in the very first real scene of the game, you kind of go, there's this accident that happens that kind of really shakes up um, Sean and Daniel's life and they they basically are kind of on the run and so the series basically each episode takes you through you know their journey and uh, of these two brothers who are trying to you know deal with uh, this accident that just happened and coming through coming through obstacles as they kind of go on the road and and stuff like that and yeah, it touches on a lot of real issues that are happening uh, in the world and specifically in the United States and everything that's going on there. And so that's why I think I like it so much is because it's like, man, there there's some very fictional type elements to the game, but they also deal with some stuff that is very real and stuff that happens every day to many people across uh, the country. So it's, it's a really, really, really great story, story telling done there with that game. Um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend it to, if you like life is strange one, you'll definitely like this game. It's different. Like I said, uh, story wise from the first one, but what it, it shares is, is that realness of like, you know, um, in that first life is strange. They, they deal with some stuff that's quite dark and they're dealing with the, the bad stuff that comes with living a life. And, uh, I think they dive into more issues with this one, which was really cool to see. So, uh, there is this, uh, kind of companion game, captain spirit that is free that you can play. I think it's like two or three hours or something like that. So if you want, you can, play that game um some of the characters in that make their way into life is strange too that being said having played almost i would say at this point i'm like on the last episode probably halfway through the last episode it doesn't make as much of an impact that if you didn't play it you would be completely fine but it just kind of add it it helps build some builds this world and and some of the the lore in the life is strange universe um so yeah, all, all episodes are up on Game Pass. Uh, so we have Game Pass. I would put each episode probably at, I think I've put like 20 hours into it. And I'm, like I said, I'm like an hour into episode five. So you can kind of do the math on how long each episode takes. But 
yeah, really, really like it. Um, one of those games that I, when I'm not at home, I'm thinking about getting home and playing it. Like that's how, oh, wow. how impactful it is. I'm really enjoying it. And if I played it before our game of the year, uh, show, I, to be honest, it would probably be on my list. That's how much I like it. So, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I recommend it. And, um, it's one of those games that I wish I could talk. I, so Megan played the first episode when it launched and I, I actually, uh, we're going to plan on maybe her and I doing, uh, a spoiler cast of life is strange too. Cause nice. I want to talk about all the things that happen and it's killing me inside. Cause there's been like, just like probably 10 major crazy jaw dropping moments that have happened in that game. And I haven't had a single person to talk about it with. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, you can maybe expect down the road at some point, as long as I can convince Meg to hurry up and, and play the rest of these episodes that we might do uh, a life is strange to spoiler cast, a, a kind of bonus episode. Um, so that's just kind of tentative right now. It's not official, but I'll let you know if that ends up happening. And then, yeah, I've been playing Pokemon. I very slowly, uh, I was talking to these guys off air that it's just not grabbing me. Uh, like some Pokemon games have where I've just couldn't put it down. Um, and that, I think that's okay. I've always kind of played Pokemon, especially when I was a kid. I played Pokemon games for years um, after I got them. Uh, it was that game that I played on road trips or when I wanted some downtime of just playing something that was familiar. So I kind of not forcing myself to play it because even though I'm enjoying stuff, I'm just like not, I'm like thinking about, oh, I want to just go play Life is Strange or I want to go play something else, right? So I think if I just do that, I can slowly uh, work my way through it. I, I just finished up the first gym. Like that's how early on I am in the game. I think I've played like six hours worth. Um, and I got Fire Emblem Three, House, Three Houses, as I mentioned. So I'm going to be playing that uh, for quite a while. And you'll probably hear me you know, for the next couple of weeks, talk about that. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. Let's move on to question of the week. So last week, Adam asked you guys, what is your favorite console controller of all time? And we only got a, two responses this week. So uh, the first one is from Steven, friend of the show at Lordly King S dot. Did I get it right? <laughs> you got it. Yep. <laughs> um, and he says, I'm going to go with the Xbox 360 controller. It was a great one. They tend to fit in the hand really well. In more recent times, the Switch Pro controller is similar. With the amount of hours I play, those ones generate less fatigue. And then Brian, another friend of the show, at Brian Pequin 15 says, 360 or GameCube for sure. Adam, how about you? What is your favorite game controller? Uh, before we get to me, I did have... Um, oh, did you have some uh, responses? Yeah, I got oh. a, a couple friends of mine. I awesome. asked them. Perfect. Um, so my friend Tom, he said the Xbox Elite controller. Nice. Yeah, I'm like, look at you with the Xbox <laughs> Elite. <laughs> um, and then uh, another friend, Chris, he, he went kind of generic. He just said PlayStation um, because just leaving it at that, he said, covers multiple consoles. So yeah. I'm like, that's kind of a cop-out, but, you know. And then he... Uh, proceeded to follow up with some some uh, meme pictures so there was a uh, gamecube controller that was a chainsaw apparently yeah that like was it. uh <laughs> resident evil 4 special oh, okay. edition yeah 
And then there's the GameCube controller. I, I don't know if it was real or not. Maybe it was, but it was really long and it had a keyboard in the middle. Um, oh. like a, like a full on like computer keyboard. Oh, I don't really? know if that's something that was shopped or if that was a real Probably. thing for like a, <laughs> like a online game. Of yeah. Sorts. yeah. Um, Interesting. But yeah, so that's, that's what I got from them. So for me, uh, I got to say super Nintendo really just okay. because that is like the console that just like defined my childhood. Yeah. And the Super Nintendo controller was just so good. It was the perfect form factor for so many of the games that I was playing and kind of kind of going back to what Steven said, like I never got fatigued using that controller. It could have just been, you know, I was young and, you know, I wasn't, you know, feeling all the aches and pains as as I do as an adult. But um, but yeah, I just I love that controller. And I even got uh, 8BitDo makes a... Uh, Super Nintendo controller, but it has thumbsticks on, uh, so you can use it for like more modern games, and it's nice, but it's just not quite the same. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't work as well for modern games. Like the form factor was great with the buttons that were on it, but then like adding in the additional buttons and sticks, like it just it gets a little crowded. I think it's still it's still nice. Like, um, I used it whenever I was doing some uh, some runs of like Super Metroid and stuff, and it was. It was fine, but um, the original, the classic, is probably my favorite. Interesting. Well, like I, I you know, I like the Xbox 360 controller, yeah. Switch Pro, DualShock 4. Like those are all good, but like I think again, just like the the Super Nintendo controller defined my childhood. Yeah. So yeah. I got to go with that one. Nice. For myself, I I, I don't know. The Nintendo 64 controller is pretty. I'm just joking. Um, I would have to say probably. You said the Wii remote, man. Yeah, the Wii remote. Exactly. Yeah. No, my favorite is that one single Joy-Con to play with. (laughs) No, I Xbox One controller is probably my favorite. Um, I people that argue that the 360 is better, I I just have to disagree. I think the triggers are much more comfortable on the Xbox One. the yeah the 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 size of the xbox one controllers i they're relatively the same size as the 360 but i just i like the build of it better the 360 controller still felt a little like when you go back to them when you actually go back and play a 360 controller after spending years with xbox one you kind of for me at least it feels like um like version one versus version two i just like the newer one better i kind of wonder if the the xbox 360 um picks were maybe looking back with like the rose tinted glasses yeah yeah because it it, at the time like well that was you know um launching it was like the wireless controller paired with the console and it was just um a big change from the xbox original xbox controllers like Mm. not just the duke but like the the regular you know um regular sized controllers um so yeah, I, I get why they like it, but I, I, I just think the Xbox One controller is perfect. I really am not. I so I grew up with a PlayStation um, Two and spent a lot of hours playing PlayStation Two. When I got my PS4 and binged Last of Us nonstop, I, I guess the argument could be said that I was playing games for several hours on end. But within like uh probably an hour or two my hands were cramping up uh using the dual shock for it was just 
I think it was just because my hands were unfamiliar. I'm not so much like that anymore because I switch back and forth so frequently. But I just, when people argue that the DualShock's better than Xbox, I don't really, I can't agree with them in any any sort of way because I just find that the, the shape, I like the offset analog sticks. Um, I don't like them parallel with each other. So I really just want a controller that, is a Xbox One controller that I could use for everything. Now I will say that as you, Stephen mentioned in you, like the the Pro controller is quite comfortable, and I regret that I waited on buying that for as long as I did because I would have loved playing Breath of the Wild with that thing. Oh yeah. Um, I actually yeah, I was I was so glad I got one of those at yeah. launch to play Breath of the Wild. I so I was saw uh, something on Twitter the other day of Breath of the Wild, and I was like. I should just go and play Breath of the Wild right now. I'm like, no, <laughs> I I can't do that. I have too much on the go, too much in the backlog that I need to get through. But anyways, there was my very long answer for the Xbox One controller being my favorite. <laughs> so this week's question is not a lot of thought went behind. If I'm being honest, I put it in right before I started recording. And that is what is your favorite 3D platformer? So I'm talking like, what is your favorite 3D platform of all time? And I mean, uh, maybe I should word this differently when I post it on social media, but I mean the specific game. So you need to narrow it down to one game. I don't want you saying Super Mario 64 slash Mario Odyssey slash Galaxy slash Sunshine. You got to pick one of those as your favorite 3D platform of all time. <laughs> um, or if it's Banjo or... You know, any of the other ones, Jack and Daxter, Jack and Daxter and I guess, Ratchet and Clank, um, you know, uh, Bubsy, you know, he's, he's out there. <laughs> so uh, you guys can write in your answers to, uh, we have a new email address. You can write into contact at gamesarefunpodcast.com. That'll be in the show notes or Luke at gamesarefunpodcast.com. Um, you can still send it to gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. So that's still active, but uh, any of those will work. Generally, you guys just post on social media. You can head over to Twitter at GamesAreFunPod, answer on there, or go to Facebook. Uh, Social links are in the show notes for those places. Um, So yeah, respond and we'll read your answers on next week's episode. All right, that has been another episode of Games Are Fun. Just a reminder before we wrap that there's... Don't forget to head over to Twitter and enter on that NBA 2K20 giveaway that's happening right now there's not a lot of competition out there you have pretty good chances i think we only have like maybe six or seven people that have entered so far uh so you know the odds are good and they're gonna um i guess they won't as more people (laughs) enter your odds will (laughs) decrease that's a really (laughs) poor way of setting that up but please enter there um because yeah the the more the bigger reception we get for these giveaways, the more likely we'll do them in the future. So please do that. Uh, please subscribe to the show if you enjoyed it. Please leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. And yeah, that has been another episode of Games Are Fun. Adam, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can get a hold of me on Twitter at AdamPalooza85. Awesome. And you can follow me at LukeAllenArm on Twitter. That concludes this episode. And thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See you later.